views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program host and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by TCN TV Network Incorporated. Due to the social nature of this broadcasting channel, videos may contain content copyrighted by another entity or person. The TCN TV Network claims no rights to the said content. TCN TV Network cannot be held accountable for the copyrighted content. TCN TV Network is a messenger and sharer of information and strives to verify but cannot warrant the accuracy of copyrights or completeness of the information on this program. newspapers within the community, it's sometimes hard to tell what separates us from the rest. Most of the time, they all brag about the same thing. You know, the large circulations, tons of online views, and it can go on and on. But what really separates the Toronto Caribbean newspaper apart from everybody else? Well, it's simple. Our service. No, seriously. Hi, I'm Grant Browning, founder and CEO of the Toronto Caribbean newspaper. I have over 20 years of branding and marketing experience and I've worked with countless companies and corporations to do one thing and that is to raise their profits with their brand. With over 40 years of combined experience in branding and marketing, our amazing staff is fully prepared to sit down and figure out exactly what you need to stand out from your competitors. The reason why you don't see that anymore is because... The ad is too powerful, bring too much people. <laughs> so what are you waiting for? Give us a call today. We'll be happy to help. We're live. Welcome to the Daily Reel, live from the TCN studios here in Brampton, Ontario. I'm your host, Andrew Perry. Uh, we apologize for starting a little bit later than usual, guys, but we, as always, appreciate you uh, tuning in. Today, I have the fabulous honor of having Morgan Pierce uh, in the studio today. Um, uh, welcome, by the way. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Andrew. I really appreciate you having in, you. Uh, having you in to talk about uh, black sheep thinking and and you know your message and and how you're helping change entrepreneurs' lives and you know other people who are struggling because this is such a huge topic, guys. Huge, huge. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a realtor, if you're a business owner, um, somebody who strives for something bigger in their lives, and you're watching this right now, um, you have probably dealt with in some sort of way, either on a large scale or a large uh, or a smaller scale, um, anxiety or maybe depression, right. or maybe you are struggling to find your purpose, or maybe the why, um, you know, in in really trying to determine um your life's purpose yes fair to say right yeah, so thanks morgan um, journey. for coming on and, and, and before i get into what is black sheep uh thinking and and you know what your message is sure tell me you know how did this how did you get on this path i guess you could say uh that's a great question thank you so i actually started so, yeah sure of course thank you, you. actually it started off actually uh just by going through a lot of pain. I, I mean, I went to school for psychology, but most of my lessons in life have come from struggles I faced as a child. Yeah. So, I mean, I was abandoned by my father uh, when we were really young, uh, three. And uh, I, uh, my, my stepfather came in when I was five, a military man that was very abusive because wow. uh, he had a tough past himself. 
Right. And so that led, and then at that same age, I got my tonsils out, my heart stopped, and my lungs collapsed. Oh, and so that erased all my formative years. So my mom had the heart of a teacher and always wanted to, I was learning, I was reading National Geographic before that. And so after, after that surgery and flatlining and being resuscitated, much of the stuff like recognizing colors and numbers had been erased, which eventually led to a learning disability, a diagnosis uh, when I was in school, which was delayed, and then the labels that come with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just growing up, uh, my stepfather eventually became disabled, so growing up lower income. Right. And in my last year of high school, I was assaulted by uh, three boys so badly I needed two nose surgeries and work on my back. So that was kind of how I started my my pre-adult oh years, my right, where I was. Yeah, that's, that's you know, I, obviously we all have things in our lives that, uh, happened when we were young, but I mean that that's that's really intense and something that could really push somebody into a life-altering uh, a path, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think and it could point, go one or two ways, right? Right, and, and that's weird. I was thinking if I was I wasn't depressed then uh, then as what people would think. And when I share that, people I don't share that to feel bad. I think everyone has pain in their life. I share it to understand that pain is pain, and we all have it. But it was when I actually started progressing in life. Uh, you know, I, I graduated from college university with, uh, with a 3.8 and mm-hmm. you know, got a degree in psychology. I wanted to help people like myself. Yeah. And then you know, I started building a career and having financial success and became the father that I always wanted, became the stepfather right. that I didn't have. And so as I started to progress in these areas, I started getting really lost. Mm-hmm. And the, I came home one day really frustrated, not being understood at work, and I said, um, my stepdaughter said, you seem really frustrated. I said, well, imagine everyone's running a race <laughs> and people start falling behind. What emotions do they experience? And she said, well, fear and anger and frustration. I said, yep. Anxiety. Now imagine they're way ahead. How do they feel? And some adults have said on top of the world, but my daughter was smart. She actually realized the same way. And that was the first time I realized that success could feel like failure if we're not mm-hmm. given the right tools. Uh, intelligence we're born with, but emotional mm-hmm. intelligence... I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, the most emotional intelligence training I got was, uh, if you don't like the meal at your grandma's house, just don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> if you get a gift you already have, don't worry, pretend you like it. Pretend you like yeah. it. But you yeah. know, it's, it's very interesting you said that. And, and because um, I know this is on what one might seem as a minuscule um, kind of relation to what you just said, but even like in sports or playing video games, yeah. when in, you were playing Super Mario Kart, your head, your head, and what you're focusing on in those moments is not screwing up. Yes, not dropping the Good ball. Job, yeah. You're, 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 you know, a football player, and you, you've just, you know, you caught that hell mary, and you're running fifty yards, and you're, you know, don't get tackled. But people are yeah. behind you and chasing yeah. you and chasing you and chasing you, and that's kind of like life. You know, you, you're, you're so focused on not dropping that ball that sometimes those emotions can overcome you. Very much right? so, and, and I think. It, I call it being emotionally full. You know, when things that are happening in my life was problems with workplace and problems with family and problems with, you know, all the things, the areas in life that we were trying to juggle started to fall apart. And that was the first time I, you know, I thought a lot about suicide and dealing with my pain, but that was the first time I actually um, started really planning it. And so as I escaped that, um, I stumbled I stumbled upon what I really wanted to do, which was helping people be happy. I realized through a friend that, mm-hmm. you know, it's not about not being depressed. It's not about not being suicidal. It's not about not having anxiety. It's about living the life we want. If you have uh, children, I said, oh, I have ch- a yeah. child and child, whatever. Uh, we, we say to our kids something along the lines when they say, what do we do with all these gifts I've been given? What do I do? And then we always say to our kids something like, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're happy. happy. Yeah. And right. a lot of people finish that. And I think that's right. when I realized happiness is a large component that we're not learning how to be happy. We're confused about what happiness is. Mm-hmm. And I think instead of focusing on things like depression, which makes it worse or anxiety, 
then we could start to really understand what it takes to be happy and removing some of the thoughts mm -hmm. to connect the mind and the body. Well, how do you, how do you um, like as an adult who's experienced something traumatic in their childhood, how do you see beyond the clouds, you know, how, how do you kind of, what's, what's a step that people can take if they're watching this that can try to help them overcome their past, essentially? Well, black sheep thinking, which we'll get into, is about thinking differently. So I look at how to think differently in that situation. So the first thing I ask, I realize is, I am not my experiences. We, I, Freud believed that, you know, I think it was called determinism, where he believed that what you experience is part of what you, what you are. That was his mindset. But that doesn't hold water when you think about how it really goes down. I mean, if you are only your experiences, if we experience the same situation in the mm -hmm. past, we should be the same learning opportunity. And that also means people can't change. And I think right. we would argue those things aren't true. We can change. So I started to recognize that my past wasn't my story, that it didn't define me, mm -hmm. that our future is constantly evolving with the present-minded looking towards. And I could change what I wanted instantly by saying, well, if I'm not happy with what I've had, what will I do differently? And so the first thing I recognize is I don't have to hold on to that pain anymore, that it's not a label, right. and that I can start to redefine who I was. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, t recognizing that what you went through is powerful, and it's not something you should ignore. But also, it's not something that you should really carry with you either. Correct. You, you have to understand it and, and, and know that there are similar people around you that have gone through something, you know, similar or maybe yeah. not exactly the same, but the way they feel about it oh, is the same. I think all pain is relative, and, and that's why I share my story. Right. Not because I, I want it to be relatable. People, it's, it's a story very relatable. I meet lots of people that are dealing with learning disability that have been assaulted, that have been abused, that have been neglected. Mm -hmm. And so I think understanding that we all experience pain is such an important part of understanding that we're not alone, even though sometimes we feel it. Yeah. I completely agree. We're going to take a, our first little break here, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about the black sheep thinking and, and what that means and, you know, a little bit more about Morgan's message. At Benjamin Law, we understand the real cost of personal injuries. As the victim of an accident, you may be the one who's physically hurt, but your main concern is that your family are the ones who will pay the price. Benjamin Law will be there for you, helping, supporting, and working tirelessly to resolve your personal injury case. Call 1-855-899-4878 or visit benjaminlaw.ca and let our family of lawyers help your family. Hello everyone, my name is Jermaine Chambers, and I'm very excited to tell you about the newest political and current affairs program coming here to Brampton. It's called On Point. The first step of true reconciliation is learning more about one another. Join us on Tuesdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. as we discuss all the issues. I will never forget the trust you put in me. Municipal, provincial, federal, and any issue of national importance, we will talk about on On Point. So do join us. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Uh, before we get into our next segment, uh, we had a, a comment uh, from Simone um, asking, how determined are you? And I think what she means is, is 
is it comes down to when you, when you want to overcome your past and really move forward with your life, it really comes down to how determined are you, right? I, I think a lot of people think determination is, I mean, resiliency has been connected with this, obviously, and, and overcoming, but I mean, there's been times where I felt completely hopeless, and I think people feel that. And so determination is, is a great word. I think it's important that we feel that, but I think at times we get so attached to where to going somewhere different that we don't mm -hmm. take stock of where we are and, and resolve those things before trying to push forward. That's a really great answer because as she was asking that question, I was thinking like tenacity. I've, yeah. You know, in the sales world and the in the business world, you always think about tenacity, determination, right. and and you just kind of opened my mind. And I think this is what this whole conversation is about: is perception. You've opened my mind because what I'm thinking about is. Determination is a destination. Yes, it's 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 a, it's a it's it's almost not like you're abandoning, but it's it's almost like you're just headed in one way to get over something, but maybe you're not necessarily dealing with it. Right. That's why I'm actually not a big fan of goals. Like I think goals are a reminder of what we're not. It's not the same. You can't have a target. Yeah. You know something that's like I want to do this far in the distance, but when you look every day at what you're not, that can cause a lot of pressure on you. And I think that kind of self pressure is what puts burns people out in trying to achieve, mm -hmm. rather than having gratitude and moving forward. Yeah. Uh, being too worried about what's next rather than what is. Right. Okay. Well, great. And thanks, Simone. I really appreciate you commenting and tuning yeah, into you. the show. Um, so let's get into let's get into the mindset. What is black sheep thinking? Yeah, exactly. What is black sheep thinking? So when I, uh, I, I did a toilet paper charity, toilet paper charity, you can't speak all of a sudden. I did a toilet paper charity. <laughs> That's TP, a tough one. TP though. the town, we call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, TP the town was a toilet paper charity that I discovered when I was in a food pantry and I asked a woman, um, if I could give you anything to make your life easier, what would it be? And she immediately said toilet paper. Mm -hmm. And after in the last four wow, years, wow. Yeah, it's a little passion project that's uh, sparsely spread across Canada from east to west coast. And after raising about a million rolls of toilet paper through the, uh, everyone's help, my mom called me one time and she I was going through a real dark period and, and just trying to figure out who I was and knew, knowing I was special but I didn't fit in. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're such a black sheep. And I was like, mom, that's the outcast. And she said, no, Morgan, black sheep have rare wool, so they're never killed for their meat. They live long, luxurious lives. Your mind is your wool. Wow. And that was kind of the first time I realized, like, you're right. Like, I knew I had skills. I knew I was special. I think we're all genius of something. Yeah. But we just sometimes don't feel we fit. It's this weird dichotomy of wanting mm -hmm. to fit but wanting to be different. Right. And so it was learning. How, so black sheep thinking became about the acceptance and the balance of that and helping people think differently and limiting themselves from what Maslow called self-actualization. Mm -hmm. So I take people from the bottom rung of understanding material abundance and health and having a better mindset on that, self-esteem, relationships, career, and then ultimately uh, what they call self-actualization, which I think is a fancy term these days for philanthropy and becoming humanitarian. Mm -hmm. In other words, not worrying about yourself and just worrying about the, you know, helping others through the experience. Right. And with everything like social media and, you know, influencers and, and what it seems it takes to live a happy life, right. the majority of it is surrounded by material things yeah, and I think we, we were get, talking off no, air yeah, about I that up. well you know it, it, it's okay to want something yes but it's not necessarily okay to think that it will actually bring you happiness right yeah, don't tie it to your happiness don't I think tie it to your happiness. I think that you know people think happiness when they're not happy it's usually three reasons they're comparing and contrasting to other people mm -hmm. they've time bound it they said I'll be happy when or they're living a life that somebody else wants them to. So right. when you start putting things like, I'll be happy when I get a bigger home, I'll be happy when I have a nicer car, or if I'll be happy when I'm doing what Bob's doing, I think those things limit what happiness is. It's not so much about having, I think happiness, and what I've seen and what I've researched is more about 
contentment, acceptance, and understanding. Mm -hmm. A lot about loving yourself and others, even when we feel we, we or they don't deserve it at times. Right. right? So it's understanding. So, so then what are kind of things that we can kind of use to strive for, uh, in a sense, okay. So how do we think like a black sheep thinker? Is that right. Well, yeah. how do we find out? So, we, yeah, I do want a bigger house. So how can I tie that, or sorry, untie that to my happiness? So one thing I, I help people understand is there's nothing wrong with wanting something. Right. But when you make it your obsession, rather than working diligently and knowing that all we control is this present mm -hmm. moment. So in the present, if you're happy, happiness is your superpower. You work harder, you retain more information, you'll be healthier. All those things would contribute right. to financial success. So it's really having an understanding that the small steps that you're taking daily will lead to your goals. In other words, right. there's a bit of faith there. Mm -hmm. You have to believe in yourself. And I think self-love has a lot to do with that. Understanding that that inner critic that's going on in your head of you're not yeah. good enough, you don't deserve it, that needs to dissolve. Okay. Um, so before we came on air, uh, we had a little bit uh, of, a, of a really good chat. Actually. Oh, yeah, we did. And, yeah. and, and Thank you. The thing that we've been hearing a lot about these days is... Um, is the anxiety that young men kind of go through. Mm -hmm. uh, a good friend of mine actually has um, a private Facebook group. His name's Connor. Uh, and it's Man Talks Community. And it's a place where men... And I feel, I, like, I feel like if I was really to project this on social media, I would make, get like a lot of hate mail. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a community where men can kind of talk to other men about their issues. Because like it or not, there's a lot of... Is that a word? Do, Emasculation, emasculation, yeah, uh, in young men these days, and it, and yeah. it's mainly because you know, like I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, there's not a whole lot of housework that I do around. You know what I mean? Like yeah. cut the grass or or build a shed. You know, right, and, right. and and sometimes like when you're either. watching movies where <laughs> the average husband is doing those types of things, and and it can affect like you, you, or or you know, man, there, right? there there's other guys at work who are making more money than you, so you have that perception that they're providing for their family better than you, right? right? So are are you seeing? We, we were talking about how you, you you work with a lot of women. About sixty percent. It's almost split, but it's yeah, more women. And, and is that because men are kind of afraid to uh, approach the situation? I think it's getting over time. I'm, I, I would say only in the last few years we're seeing a growth in men's mental health groups, the importance. I mean, the stats show that suicide is up in 71% in the past 10 years. Those numbers oh, that's are... insane. Yeah. That's we're crazy. the most medicated society of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, and that suicide will affect more likely men, especially younger men. And, and, and I think historically we haven't had a chance to really express our emotions. I mean, even in school, when I took sociology yeah. and gender studies, it was a lot about the patriarchy of male and the problems we caused and not so much about how I have to like football and beer and know how to build right. stuff, like you said. And so right. we have these gender roles that, that we haven't, we, you know, that, that have kind of impacted us in some way and being right. more emotional and crying. And when we hurt ourselves, it's like suck it up and mm -hmm. those kind of things. So I think it's changing. I have a men's health group, actually, we emotional intelligence group, a friend yeah. of mine, Brent, runs uh, back home in Kingston. And I think it's an amazing thing. And, and we're hoping that we can continue to grow that. I think right. everyone needs a space to understand that they can once they get it out they don't have to live it right right they don't I, have to hold their past agree. anymore as part of their journey and, and you know especially it might be different obviously you know we're on the tail end uh, uh on the millennial scale right um but even so when i was growing up <laughs> i'm, I'm 32 <laughs> growing up in the 80s early 90s right it, it was it was something that you know guys didn't talk about right right and that was true. one of the exceptions where i didn't my 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 youngest brother and, and sisters, they were 10, 15 years younger than me, right? right? So it wasn't like I had, I, I was forced to go find 
not forced, but I, I, I was almost out of the house because you needed to find camaraderie. And so I had a lot of friends and, and our friend group was a great support group. That's we good. always talked. There was always the one guy you didn't want to talk, but we always <laughs> talked about our feelings. And I think that's what kind of helped me throughout the, the um, um, my journey. But, you know, sometimes when I talk about it now with the new, with the new friends that I make, they're like, well, hey, you know what? Th that's something that we don't really feel comfortable with opening up with, opening up to. But I think if you had a safe space, like a, like a men's group or something like that, it, it, could, it could help out a lot of people. And that's one thing about Black Sheep Thinking. I, I, because I don't believe that we are necessarily our past because we can change and make future decisions, uh, I do a lot of work where people don't even sometimes tell me their story. I think it's more about educating people on a healthy mind frame to move forward. You know, what is limiting you in being happy? It's usually thoughts like, I don't deserve love or the, beating ourselves up. I have people sometimes write down things they don't like about themselves. And then I ask mm -hmm. them if I was to read that out loud in front of a room full of people, what would they think of me? Yeah. And they say, well, you would be a jerk. And I was like, yeah, so <laughs> why are you allowed to be a jerk to yourself right. uh, when you wouldn't allow it from somebody else and nobody else would? So we don't believe in bullying, but a lot of us are bullying ourselves right now, and that changes everything. The way we treat ourselves reflects in how we treat other people. We think we're hiding it well, but we're not. And it's not selfish to love yourself. It's selfish to expect someone else to do it for you. Right. And so why would I treat you better than you treat yourself? You know yourself the best. You have to live with yourself. But if we don't start defining who we really are, yeah. and by, by starting to raise the bar and creating that boundary, then we're not going to get the love that we deserve. I, I agree. And um, like I said before, I think, you know, people ask me all the time, why do we do the show? Why do we... Why do I help people? Uh, like we've got private realtor groups where you know I spend a lot of time answering questions, uh, even though I'm relatively new in the business, uh, or or just genuinely offering my help. Right. And and I think it's it goes to what you said with the suicide rates, with the depression. Um, you know, uh, I I think that if we can just help one person, know that there's more to life than you know their current situation yes. or you know hey this this one topic that we brought up or this one tip that we brought up could help change your business or change your lives then is then it's worth it yeah. because i don't think people know that there's more to life than their current situation i actually think that's what legacy is i mean if we look at even recently like the sir john mcdonald scandal the whole thing that you know the country went yeah. yeah so we realize like not even creating a country of freedom can leave you a legacy and i tell my kids be like be careful what legacy you try to leave things fade Statues, we walk by famous people we don't even recognize. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that will last forever is who you are and who you help along the way. Right. I think Raman Sharma said that. And so I always think about what you just said. When you help that one person, there's a butterfly effect. There's a ripple mm -hmm. because it's kind of the paying it forward concept that we know makes a big difference. And if you can shift someone's life just in helping them think differently, it's not that you've, you know, you're a hero. It's that you've created a new pathway that they didn't consider, a roadway that they now they have options. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked about it outside. So the opposite of fear isn't bravery. When you're afraid of doing something, it's clarity. It's knowing what to do and, and knowing that there's an option. Yeah, and, I, and it's all about creating that mindset to be able to recognize those situations, I think. Right. Right. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk uh, more with Morgan about how his, um, his own life can be related into his work. Sounds great. My name is Trish Curling, and I am an online coach, personal trainer, and yoga teacher and your new host of Shaping Life, which is all about understanding that we have the ability and the control to take charge of our health and wellness. The 
but we can't do it alone. And I can't wait to sit down with the best in the industry. Please tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. live here on the TCM Network. on anything negative in the community. Um, before we left, we were talking about, um, you know, how your own life, um, you know, kind of, you learn from your own life. And yeah, you, and how that's I went kind through of what you're, yeah. what you're teaching the people that you work with. Um, so go into a little bit of the history of how this all came to be, um, you know, your past career, and yeah. then, because this wasn't as what you're about to go into, um, you know, it is. It's a serious conversation, and yeah. I'm very happy that you're sharing it yeah, thank you uh, with myself and our thank and you. our guests. Um, but yeah, just just kind of walk it through. You know, so I, as I I just wanted to help people when I was young because I knew what it was like to be in pain. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are there. So as I graduated from school and started looking for help, I was like, how can I make a difference? And I started working in employment Ontario, helping people find jobs. I uh, worked there for three years very successfully, but, you know, realized I was helping people make more money and I, they, would, they weren't appreciative of the work. I mean, the, the average employment counselor had to find four people a job a month and keep them there for a year mm -hmm. as part of the funding. Right. Uh, I was averaging close to 20 a month with a higher percentage retention, but then, then they said, you should go to the corporate world. Right. And so I looked into finance. I stumbled upon finance and worked there and, and had a very successful career in finance for over a decade. And I was making money and I was acquiring the things I thought if I had nicer things and I had opportunity yeah. experience. And so, but I was still incredibly unhappy. And I remember writing something when I went through a, a massive depression saying that who I was, right? How I became perceptive and sensitive to people. Why wasn't I finding what I wanted? Why wasn't I happy? And I come to realize that six months later, finding that letter, I realized there was a hole in my heart, but it was my job to fill it and no one else's. Right. And I was trying to do what they call one night syndrome, which is like, if you help people, it will fill you up. And because and, it is, it's very rewarding to make a difference in people's lives. Every, we all want to do it, right. uh, many of us do. But for me, I've recognized the difference between willing it and offering help. I think the difference is when I was younger, I was like, take this because I need it as a drug fix almost. It was like yeah. an addiction to try right. to heal myself right. rather than becoming aware of I need Sincerity to. Sincerity was yeah, almost lost. Almost. Yeah. And so I had to love, once I learned to love myself and accept all my good, bad, and ugly and realize that it was fine the way I was, then it became about offering something, and if they take it, great. If not, that's fine too. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, the dissolution of I. I think the ego gets in play. There's a lot of things that happen in life that we, we're hard on ourselves about because maybe we feel we need love, and so we become a needy person or we become angry. But that comes from a spot of love. When we want to get, when we become needy, it's because we wanted to love or be loved. And so that gets hurt, and we get sick in that way, and go, you know, those things happen. So 
for me, I think you know, I had a great career and a great journey, and I still, you know, I loved what I did. But when you're dealing with, you know, what it's like to be in a certain job where people are like, oh, he's just trying to talk to me because of commission or he just wants to, you know, you're trying to help. And so those kind of like hard lessons that we all exp experience in business, uh, that when I started to realize that the best thing to do for me was to be happy with where I was and, and love myself, everything else yeah. started to unfold. It was almost like I kind of compared it to having like invisible porcupine quills because you're so unhappy that you think you could be lovable, but you're not. And then right. as soon as you love yourself, it heals and people can come to you. So it's such a foundational piece you know, we know that with, with the financial side, gratitude's an, an amazing piece. And, and working in finance, the balance of that is interesting because uh, there's this new mindset and motivation about abundance versus scarcity thinking. But I think abundance has turned into, even though it's not supposed to, it's turned into greed or, or a reason to just gather, gather, gather and, and hold on to resources. The opposite of, of scarcity is not abundance, it's prosperity. Right. It's having yeah. enough, it's knowing what you need. And so that comes back to really understanding yourself and going like, I don't need all of it. I need what I need and knowing there's more to abundance is knowing there's more once you have run out of what you need that you right. can create more by manifesting that and that not the accumulation of assets. Yeah. So the so the whole thing is in and you hear that you hear that in movies, you hear that in taglines, you hear it on memes. Um, you truly can't help others until you've helped yourself. And yes. that's that's kind of what you were experiencing. Yeah, that was my own personal experience to find the ability to lift myself up and stay balanced. Yeah, and no so meds, you, no anything like that. You were, you're even to. So when you started to have um, the suicidal thoughts, mm -hmm. was that when you were just doing finances, or when you were trying to help others but you weren't fully ready? Was it before? Was yeah, it, it was after? before was, that. So yeah, it was, okay. I was in finance and I was dealing with workplace bullying and more conflict. And I just, and even though I was very successful, you know what it's like. Yeah. If you, I mean, a lot of people who have experienced success or are watching, you might feel like you're hated even more. I mean, my aunt's a very successful woman in Toronto. She said, uh, Jay-Z even said this, the more success you have, the more people will hate you. Yep. Haters love us in a special way, though. And so when I started experiencing that, I realized like, wow, even though I escaped all this stuff I thought was pain and I'm here, why am I not happy? And, mm -hmm. and, the, and the suicidal thoughts and the planning of that uh, really came about because of feeling I was emotionally full. It wasn't just one thing. I was resilient enough to get past one thing I knew because I'd done yeah. that my whole life. But my wife was sick and my mom had a heart attack and you know, I was diagnosed with cancer and my work was falling apart and I was failing this and I was, you know, I was such a bad streak that I, like, if we were having coffee, I'd go to reach for it and spill it on you. Yeah. It was just, I felt like I kept saying I just need a win. And I think mm -hmm. I was really embarrassed for a while. And then I, a friend of mine sent me someone who works with Oprah Winfrey. And she said, as a coach, she went through the same thing. She became emotionally full. And so that was a good experience for me because I've lear I learned how to be resilient as a kid. But I didn't learn how when you have many things on you all at the same time and nothing's going right, how do we survive that? Now, unfortunately, now I know. So it's how nice. many How many business owners do you think go through those same feelings? Yeah, we talk, I talk to business owners on a weekly basis. They all do. I mean, right. they, they, they think they have to beat themselves up to get to where they are. Because so, they think because they're self-employed, if I don't stop whipping myself, I won't be as successful as I want. Mm -hmm. And I, I ask them, I say, well, you have kids. You want them to be successful. Is that how you work with them? And they say, no. Well, how do you, when your kid falls down, how do you nurture them? Right. I, I, I tell them, I, I believe in them. I nurture them. I love them. I'm like, do that to yourself. Why do you love your kid more than yourself? They look up to you to see how you will be tr how they're going to treat themselves. That's how we become a parent. It's not by more is caught than taught. I've heard that before, mm -hmm. and I think it's true. They'll watch you, their hero, to see how you love yourself, to reflect on how they should love themselves. So it's so it, important. And it's true. And it's not just your kids. It's everybody, everyone around you. Um, like if it's I could true. be genuine, uh, you know, with the audience today, my wife tells me probably a couple of times a week, yeah. Andrew, you've got 
a bad vibe right now. Like there's something about you that's making me anxious. And right. and I think, you know, especially as realtors, and you, you've got a lot of deadlines and yes, timelines. Pressures, and, yeah. And, you know, if, if you don't get the commission, you know, how is it going to affect your, you know, financial state, uh, stability yeah. down the road? And sometimes those, those feelings just can all get, you know, so overwhelming and so overpowering that it spills out into your loved ones, spills out to the people yes. that you talk to, the, the girl at Tim Hortons who's giving you your coffee, when really those interactions with other people I truly believe should be happy ones. Yes. Right. So how, yes. can, how, how can... I got a lot to say on that. Yeah, go ahead, please. So for one thing I learned is you can worry, you can work. So the first thing I realized is I can worry, worry or, or I can work. work, but I can't do both. Right. I can't do both. So I, I just learned about... Wow, if it's you in the, can't. You yeah, can't do you both. you can't worry or work. So I just started working when I had a problem. Like if I was... I would never worry about the next day either. Mm. Like don't worry about the future, the future you'll deal with when you get there. I just worried about what can I do now to impact, and if I keep present-minded, which is becoming a cliche, but if we just stay where we are, the only time frame we can control and work, yeah. a lot of that goes away. And I think you're bang on. We have to recognize that the way we feel, but then I, Alan Watt says, so I, the way I let that go is Alan Watt uh, said that a man must uh, look, or a person must look at two things their death completely contemplated their death and that everything we do is selfish and it's just a thought process mm -hmm. but when you play out your death and you realize that life is not as meaningful as we try to make it that way like yeah. it's only meaning is that we give it so if we're giving it stress or anxiety or status or deadlines if we think that's important when we realize it's not as important as we make it like we back mm -hmm. off for a second and go what am I really shortening my life over mm -hmm. no one's gonna remember most people are working really hard at a job that if you died you'd be replaced within a week or two right and they're sacrificing Absolutely. their health and their I'm family <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like most of us are, are very replaceable. And that yeah. doesn't mean we're not important. It just means we don't have to take ourselves so seriously. More laughter, more play. Don't worry about those things because they're not in the big picture of your life. Mm -hmm. They're very relevant. And so when you realize that, you know, in t 100 years, we're all, we're <laughs> no one will really know we existed, then what do you want your experience mm -hmm. to be? Well, I don't want it to be about stress and deadlines. I still have those things, but I just don't take in consideration that I have to have an emotional attachment to an outcome. I just mm -hmm. do the best you can. And if you lead with hard work and intent and love and kindness, all that stuff replicates through your work. And we see it with people who are happy. I, and I've seen it in my own life when I've made that turn from, I hate my life, I want to kill myself, I, I'm not worthy of love, to... I have tons of love to give myself and others. Once you fill your, we fill other people's buckets by saying kind things, but we have to, it's the old oxygen mask thing. We have to put it on ourselves. So that self-care, that self-love, make sure our bucket's full enough that we can, then when you're, you're you, know, you can give it to your wife, you can give it to your friends, you can give it to your, your people, your clients. That's how you change lives, is living the example. Right. And also, I think finding that perfect balancing act because even I, I told you I was up at the cottage. I spent a couple of days up at the cottage and uh, driving home. Uh, kids in the car, kids laughing, singing, wife singing and laughing. Um, it's, it just hit me. I'm like, wait, one day this is all going to be over. And one day I'm not going to be here anymore, let alone my son. Right. But you know what I mean? Eventually, 100, 200 years, everybody you know is not going to be here. Right. There's no more experience. There's nothing. And I... <laughs> I started freaking out, freaking out. And then about 10, 15 minutes later, and this happens like once a week for me, but, <laughs> but, it's, but then 10, 15 min minutes later, it's like, okay, well, now you just realized how minuscule these small things are. Now you've just realized how important 
family is, how important yes. laughter is and, yes. and happiness. There you go. Um, so we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to kind of come back to that. And, um, uh, yeah, we've got a couple of more stories to go over. So Great. At Benjamin Law, we understand the real cost of personal injuries. As the victim of an accident, you may be the one who's physically hurt, but your main concern is that your family are the ones who will pay the price. Benjamin Law will be there for you, helping, supporting, and working tirelessly to resolve your personal injury case. Call 1-855-899-4878 or visit benjaminlaw.ca and let our family of lawyers help your family. Hello everyone, my name is Jermaine Chambers and I'm very excited to tell you about the newest political and current affairs program coming here to Brampton. It's called On Point. The first step of true reconciliation is learning more about one another. Join us on Tuesdays from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. as we discuss all the issues. I will never forget the trust you put in me. Municipal, provincial, federal, and any issue of national importance, we will talk about on On Point. So do join us. And we're back. Thank you guys for sticking in with me. Um, uh, we have a, a gentleman, Sean Gordon. Yeah. Uh, he commented, he said, the, fourth is, the force is strong with you, Morgan. Always love listening to what you have to say. I love you, and Sean. You know, it's, I'm very happy that I just read that because it kind of leads, leads into what I want to talk about next is what you say what you do, the connection that you build with others. I, I for if anybody who's uh, tuned into this show before, you know I talk about, uh, I used to work for LA Fitness and I, I owe a lot to the structure and organ, organization of my business and the sales and the connection and relationships that you build with your network. I owe that to my managers and VPs and the culture of LA Fitness and that American style of um, uh, uh, the corporate world essentially. And I went up to my VP the f first week and I said, hey, can I get a business card? Like, how do people know what I'm about? How do people know how to get a hold of me? How do people know, um, you know, what it is that I represent? And he went like this. He said, this is your business card. And I never really That's knew good. what he meant by that. Right. And eventually I said, oh, it's, it's not... It's not what it says on a piece of paper. It's about the connections that you make and the message that you bring. Right. And so we were talking off air about yeah. Socrates and yeah, I go ahead, they, they didn't write things down. There's a lot of not a lot of written work by them, and the reason why is because they said the quality of the work is the conversation, and that's a lot of the work we do because people have their own thoughts, and so I believe we're kind of two things. We're we're not our thoughts, but we spend a lot of time in our head. And yeah. when we can dismantle those things, those limiting beliefs or the excuses or the inner critic, then what's left over is who we really are. Mm -hmm. And that can be a, an opportunity to heal and, and love yourself. And so I, a lot of the work I do is having those conversations one-on-one -on -one or in group settings where people can say stuff like, but what, how do I deal with people when I give all the love but they don't give it back to me? Or mm -hmm. how do I deal with the fact that like I'm frustrated and I'm not being heard? Those are the kind of things that are really important that prevent us from 
you know, overcoming those things and becoming truly happy. So mm -hmm. and I, it's what you said, you know, it's, it's, it's this, it's this work, you know, there's not a booklet or there's lots of great books out there I can recommend and they can find if they want to reach out to me that I recommend because I wish I wrote some of them. Right. But I think the most part, a lot of the work has to be done in a conversation style that allows people to heal and think and reflect mm -hmm. and be heard and to hear themselves and be held accountable for who they really are versus right. who they are, think they are because they're hurt uh, or, or they're struggling in life. Right. Okay. Well, you are what, you know, you, you are, what's that saying? You are what you, or you think what you are. Yeah, well, I am, I think, therefore I am. Is yeah. That, yeah. Well, you know, I think th we aren't our thoughts. That's what I, one thing, I, you know, we aren't our thoughts. If we were our thoughts, sometimes I, I don't yeah, know who I'd be. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, because right? we can't control our thoughts. We can only control how we respond to them mm -hmm. and, and how we manage them. And I think most people don't know that. They think, oh, I'm so depressed. They think negatively. It's like, well... It, you know, it's hard these days not to be depressed. We talked about it uh, before about like fractured culture and dopamine from Facebook and polluted oceans and more plastic in the sea than water and days you can't exercise. Like if you're not a little bit depressed, but don't avoid depression, you lean into it and understand mm -hmm. the message. So how can Black Sheep Thinking, how can you, Morgan, how can you, how are you helping others? So I mean, I, you, you do public speaking yep. and you do Yeah, I do workshops. workshops. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, they can reach me through my website. Uh, I do, we're actually, I'm even partnered up with a spa right now in Napanee called Touch a Wellness Spa and owner Joey McCormick. And uh, Raphael Gomes, who he, Gomes, he actually runs uh, a place called Lilac Hill. It's up in Tweed and it's yeah. a place where people can come, uh, 14 people, you know, C-suite management team, sometimes family, sometimes groups. They come, relax their bodies, rest on the resort and then we go through mental training when they've kind of leveled themselves to so actually how you, rebuild. How, how do you do that? Do you just help uh, clients or, or, or people who are looking to you know uh, kind of manage their thoughts? I yeah guess? most people come to me when they are stuck like they feel like they're doing the work and they're like I can't get past I just Plateau. can't. Yeah, I just can't find happiness. I keep stumbling. You know, they're they're climbing towards it and fall. They climb it towards it and fall, and they just feel like they need an extra boost. And so it's not so much. You know, I think it's there's a difference between mental illness and mental health. Mental health is like going to the gym, working out versus a mm -hmm. critical illness. So we all want mental health. We all want to be healthy. And so when people are struggling with their mental health or they're struggling with happiness, they contact me and. I understand what they're struggling with and we start working on different strategies to not just think differently but to overcome whatever's happening in their life so it's the thought process and the action steps to get where they really want to be do you find do you find it's easier for um you know especially adults to do private sessions or group i mean do they a lot of people probably want to start out by just doing something a little bit more private or is it more helpful to be surrounded by like-minded individuals that are sharing the same experiences I think both are valid, actually. Yeah, so yeah. One, we do a lot of group work and we, we do culture work. So a lot of people that hire us through this, what's called uh, the Genesis uh, Project, they come and work, they, when they come to that suite or the spa, sorry, and, yeah. and the, they, they're looking for culture shifts. People contact me one-on-one -on -one when they're dealing with things like past trauma in, in their childhood, um, maybe per current struggles they're facing in their the lives. Yeah, the rat race. Yeah, yeah the, the achievers that have burnt are, are facing burnout or they have anxiety or depression they're trying to shift from. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a lot of different cases. Interesting because, I mean, some things I understand to refer are past me, but a lot of things are really dealt with at the level of the mind that they come to and they realize if I could just think differently about it, yeah. I could start to heal. And so they're looking for a new pathway or they're looking for something. So those people, you know, if they want, if it's personal, it's one-on-one. It, if I don't really, when it comes to group, it would have to be a shared experience that makes sense. Yeah. But when I do a workshop and a talk, I think what I talk about is so 
basic on what I call the unconscious, where Carl Jung called it the unconscious collective. It's that line between all of us that brings us together as humans. Because mm -hmm. we say happiness is different for everyone. I've heard right. that. But I don't agree with that. The feeling uh, is not just the feeling, but the things that cause it. If I said, would it make you happy if you had um, material abundance and health and relationships were healthy yeah. and you loved yourself and you had a, a career purpose and you were giving to others? They'd be like, yes, well, that's all. I think for the most part, that's most of society. Yeah. And so we focus on what makes us different in our experiences that make us happy of like, I like to ride horses or I like mm -hmm. to go roller coasters. That's not happiness. Those are experiences that can make you happy, right. but that's not happiness, I think. And so when we look at what that common bond is, and we focus on that, that can be in a group or one-on-one, -on -one. but people call me one-on-one -on -one when they want to share or deal with something that's very close to okay. a personal thing. And you talked about, we're kind of running out of time, but, so I don't, but you talked about earlier um, uh, bullying in the workplace. Yeah. Is that something that's still prevalent? I think especially in sales cultures where it's like very much push and push and numbers and numbers. Is it more and, of a perception so. that's based on that particular individual or do you think that it's something that is, is kind of culturized? You know that's a great question. I think it's a little, I think it's really still in the culture. I, yeah. I do. I think that we're pushed harder for sales and numbers with social yep. media coming fastest. I, I don't think it's bullying like someone calling you a name, but I think there's a lot of uh, you know sometimes yeah. if it's a male work environment, it's gonna be a lot of macho there. There's, yep. there's still that exists unfortunately, yeah. but I think it's changing and I think it's becoming harder to do that. But I mean you don't realize it. You know an, an environment is toxic sometimes until the job's burnt you out or it's too late. I agree. I want to make you an honorary member of the Black oh, Sheep nice. Thinking family. So here's what the sheep and the pin that you can wear. If you ever see someone right. with that pin, they are a Black Sheep Thinker. I hope all black of you join the thinking. herd. Come and check us out. Well, you know what? Before we go, if I just wanted to, uh, and before we do our plugs and everything sure. like that. Yeah, of course. Um, if, if there's, like, we, we've got a, I think this is, you know, one of the largest groups that we've had actually watching. Oh, great. So for, for those who are listening and tuning in, and if they're dealing with something like, past trauma or maybe current workplace bullying or something anxiety depression other than calling you what's <laughs> the first step that they can use to help kind of overcome these these really suppressive uh, uh, thoughts. thoughts I would say take a break first take a break yeah, take, take a, a breath. break relax treat it like you're sick you know like you have a cold and then and then I would ah. I would start to look at mind body spirit and heart look in those four areas where you can contribute. So I would read a good book. I think there's a great book called Unf Yourself by Gary John Bishop, yep, The Healthy Inner Critic, great book. Uh, four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz, yep. great book. I would eat healthy. I would just start mm -hmm. to take baby steps into nurturing yourself again, do your exercise, change your state. There's a lot of things you can do. Matter of fact, at the end of the year, we're gonna have something come out you can download from the website. Oh, uh, great. That's called great. the happiness switch where we want to create a, form, a template where you would fill out questions that when you're having a hard time, you can go back and start following the steps that you already agreed to, to create an authentic, happy environment. We know happiness is a choice, but when life's falling apart, yeah. it doesn't feel authentic. And so right. I think that's the answer to your question, which is create an authentic environment slowly that you can start to be happy again. Okay. That's awesome. Now, plug time. Where can we find you? Well, you can check out us at our website and contact me yeah. through blacksheepthinking.ca. .ca. Uh, and all my socials are black sheep thinking, black with no vowels, sheep with no vowels, B-L-C-K. That's a good way to explain it. B-L-C-K-S. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's great. Yeah. That's and good. black sheep thinking, no vowels and black sheep, but all the vowels and thinking. Yeah, okay. So, and, yeah. And, and if you're uh, a brokerage owner, a business owner, um, they can actually hire you to speak, oh, right? Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's a great thing for clients because... It's something different, and they walk out of there feeling happy and inspired. And, and I mean, nothing makes a better client than a happy client that's you know well-rounded and happy. So with their lives, I agree. Yeah. 
Okay, well, thank you very much, everybody, and especially thank Morgan, you, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. thank you. You're doing great work for people. Learned a lot. Yeah, you uh, great guy. Well, thanks, man. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Um, okay, guys, thank you very much for tuning in. That's another episode. Uh, we'll see you next time.